0: hello and welcome back to another episode of the match ball podcast thank you so much for tuning in now today's episode is uh, a new one it's a fresh one it's another uh, technical one for me for me and uh, i am joined by not only a person who has been a past guest on this episode uh, i am also joined by first of all anurag Kulkardi. and i am also joined by amod sastrabhudhe who previously was a guest, but now he is debuting as my co-host. So hello Anurag. Hello Amod and welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Hey. Hi Ron, hi
1: Amod. Hi. Thanks Thank for having you. Me. Yeah, same here. Thanks for co-hosting. Allow me to co-host your podcast. That's my first time.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I mean I hope you know all first times are special. So I'm glad that you chose to have your first time here on this podcast, if you know what I sure. mean. All right, so today's episode is a very, very special one because we are back with uh, with lots of technical stuff, which I don't understand, but I'm very much willing to learn and uh, uh, get to know. Now, today we are going to talk about uh, data visualization in football, and Anurag has a lot of things which he has worked on and he will that he will share and which we will get to in the later half of this episode. But first of all, guys, uh, we are fresh off uh, Saturday's uh, Premier League action. And uh, Everton have defeated Man United one nil. Uh, since both of you are United fans, and uh, me and me as a Chelsea fan having not had the best week, I'd rather you know share the. Uh, I, I'll bring you guys into the sorrow and ask you how you were feeling about that match. First of all, Anurag, your thoughts on the on the one nil defeat to Everton away from home. Um,
2: so the show is probably one of the worst matches under Ralph Radnick. This was very eerily similar to how we started the season. So we started the season pretty poorly. Ralph came in. Even though the scoreline never really reflected what was happening, but the underlying numbers showed that we were improving. Our shots, our number of chances created, our defense, everything was improving. But something happened after that UCL exit. Um it looks like the players lost confidence. They gave up. I don't know what happened, but we have completely regressed to what we were before Rani came in. And we saw everything that you don't want to do today. When Ralph came in, he mentioned a few things. He wanted control. He wanted quality. He wanted pressing. He wanted intensity. All things which are absent. We didn't have any sort of control. We didn't press very well, except a couple of players who individually are good pressers. There was not much intensity and it was just poor overall. Um, Bruno had probably one of the worst games of his United career. I'd say at least I don't remember him being this bad. Um, We conceded a goal which should not happen. Matic, I think it was Matic, I think, who lost the ball. Yeah. They scored from the subsequent counter. One Visaka jogging back. No purpose, no intensity again. So, and then we just didn't create anything. It usually what happens in such games is that you do a lot, you try to create a lot, the ball just doesn't go in, and the opposition just get lucky and they score. While that's true on the Everton half, that they got lucky because, let's admit it, it was a deflection. United didn't do anything to win the game, so yeah. it just happens.
1: Yeah. So here, uh, I'm in the Boston. I'm in Boston right now. It was the game was at 7:30. I woke up. Uh, I woke up 10 minutes late to the game. I saw we were playing decent. I, I did not see anything bad. Rashford took a shot which should have gone in. He had a header as well good chances here and there. I thought we might get something from the game. And then they scored that crazy goal. And halftime, I was like, I had this feeling that uh, I don't think we are going to create much after that goal went in. It just felt so, the body language of the players was so wrong. It just did not go, nothing was going well for us. I just did not watch the second half at all. It was that bad. I preferred sleep over watching the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can, I can understand. I think I read a tweet from uh, someone that there were eight Everton players in their own box, and at a point of time, only two United players were in that box. So, yeah. kind of showed that uh, there was some yeah. something lacking, and there was an there was so the intent to attack and the intent to win, the intent to win the lose header here and there was missing in the entire game. And I can i can you know somewhat uh understand that after the midweek result that chelsea have had with a, a hammering by Karim benzema I, I won't say it was a hammering by real madrid it was a hammering by Karim benzema because uh mm. because he is if there is ever a term he is mr real madrid right now and he is what True. makes madrid madrid right now and yeah so it was uh I mean, I can understand what happens and when you know a freakish goal, and a, suddenly yeah. you spiral down, 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 and you know some errors here and there. I mean, I, I I've not seen the match. I'll be honest with you. So I did. I don't know how Everton played. I just saw one statistic that in the second half, or I think in the total half, they, in the, in both halves there were eight shots on either way, eight shots on goal and one shot on target only, which again for a team. Uh, playing for a top four against a team who is fighting for relegation is a very small number, and uh, I, I I can completely you know sympathize with you guys. And I didn't mean to rub it in, but I have had a bad week, so I'd rather you know share the sorrow with you. And plus uh, a little cherry on the top for us right now uh, on this on this cake of sorrow, a cherry is that you know Chelsea have won against Southampton. It was not a nine nil nine nil hammering, but uh, that's simply Chelsea because uh, even when we win. And when we are expected to win by a big margin, we always find out the lowest big margin possible to win. So uh, that's that's the wrap up for you know a quick reaction to today's uh, matches. And uh, yeah, so now let's focus on our guest of honor, uh, Anurag Kulkarni. Now, Anurag, uh, I've seen a bit of your visualizations. I've seen the tremendous amount of work that you have done, and uh, the the articles that you come out with, you know, week in week out. I just wanted to, you know, uh, kick things off before Amo takes over and gets all techy. Uh, what is, I mean, how did you get into this football? I mean, did you, did, was it something that you intentionally wanted to get into or was it just something that happened by chance?
2: So I was never a football fan from a young age. So uh, I it was 2010. 2010- you know, there was this fad on Facebook, uh, there were these quizzes, which footballer are you, which yeah. XYZ are you. Yeah. So I just randomly took one for football, I don't know why, and it just spewed out Fernando Torres. Uh-huh. And I, like, I had no idea who this guy is, and one friend of mine who was an ardent football follower told me he plays for Spain. Please watch the World Cup final, he's going to play, he has long hair and he wears a headband. A <laughs> hairband. <laughs> And I spent the whole match thinking, okay, Sergio Ramos is Fernando Torres. (laughs) I think Fernando Torres, if I remember correctly, it was such a long time ago. I think he came late on and then I realized, oh, okay, I totally got it confused.
1: So that is
2: how I watched my first football game because of Fernando Torres. And my cousins are uh, big Manchester United fans. I knew that about them, but because I started watching it... uh, by like Because of Fernando Torres, I was just following him. Whatever he did, wherever he went, I supported that club. Until I think uh, he went to AC Milan and then I was like, cool, time to go to Manchester United because that is where my cousins are. That is all I hear about. And that is how I started truly following football uh, when United were truly at their worst. And yeah, that is how I got into football then there's this youtube channel called football daily uh, i assume a lot of people have already heard of it right yeah. right. i watched their videos and they were using these absurd things called statistics and numbers and i was like this is very interesting because this gives me a way to um, put it out there what i'm thinking mm-hmm. like you say oh we've missed so many big chances they just got lucky and they scored. This is something you say but you can't express. You can't write it down. And that is where XG came in. So when you lose Mm -hmm. and you have created like 1.5 XG but you haven't scored and the opposition from 0.3 XG have scored two goals or one goal and they win. How do you tell people that, hey, we were good. Trust me, we were good. They just got lucky. And, And that is how I felt that this is something that needs to be more common and this gives me a better understanding of the sport that i have started to love and that's how i got um interested in statistics and you know these background numbers these underlying numbers so yeah that is how i got in
0: right so it, fantastic i mean it's a uh, like you know the very fact that you thought Fernando Torres was Sergio Ramos, right? yeah, yeah, you still followed him, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and like you didn't, you didn't fall in love with Ramos, but you, you still were. Uh, I mean, what Ramos did, but you still preferred to follow Torres wherever he went. Yeah. I, I wish you followed him until he came to Chelsea. So at least you would have been <laughs> supporting a Chelsea, a uh, uh, Champions League winning club, and Fernando Torres at the same time.
2: I I watched that whole Champions League, of Chelsea. Great
0: right, right.
2: i know. scream when fernando torres <laughs> <laughs> to <Yeah>. <laughs> i guess i guess
0: i guess you're not the only one on this call who screamed when fernando torres scored that goal so i'm glad that at All least right. even though you are a hardcore united fan we have that one thing in common a- a- apart from the yeah. the undying love for football right mm-hmm. so i think this is this is a, a perfect uh, segue for us to then uh, you mentioned about xg you mentioned about statistics and i'm sure there is a lot more that you're going to mention so Amod, take it away. Let's let's just uh, let's kick things off with your questions for Anurag.
1: Sure. Thank thank you, everyone. Uh, yeah. First of all, Anurag, fantastic. <laughs> the entire idea of following for Anurag is just amazing. It's funny yeah. to me. Yeah. So, what do you do apart from building visualizations? Like, are you from a computer science background or a statistical background?
2: I'm from an electronics background. I see. My job uh, was my actual job was to validate uh, chips all these graphics card and all these things that right. is uh, what my actual job was then totally out of chance um i just uh, saw people make these visualizations basic visualizations on twitter right and i just thought how are they doing this hmm. and the one good thing the probably the only good thing i did in college was uh, pick up python yes. on my own and i realized okay this is how they do it right and i just started experimenting i started liking it more and more through data visualization i came to know data analysis through data analysis i came to know data science fair then the machine learning thing and then i uh, talked to my manager i left that project and i switched to a machine learning based role Right. I basically was learning on my own side by side, learned some basic machine learning algorithms, computer vision. I worked on a project there. So Interesting. Yeah, not at all from a computer science or this background.
1: That's amazing because uh, I am from a computer science background and I started coding in Python from my second year. So. When I, I was introduced uh, to this side of football analytics through Soccermatics uh, and David Sumter, we all know him, love him. Yeah. He's great, great work on Twitter and outside of football as well. So, yeah, uh, I kind of picked from there following his friends of Tracking channel. So uh, I was uh, So, here's the thing, I'm not that good at visualizations. Like I like building models, the statistical side, as you mentioned, building machine learning models out of things like from the data that we have, but building visualization is something that I've never been good at. So what is something that uh, you uh, like, what do you do when you make visualizations? Like what is your thought process? Like, where do you go? Like, take it away.
2: So usually the point where I start is I have something in my mind I want to say it to people, but I don't just want to say it in words. Hmm. I want to show it to them that this really is the case. So, for example, uh, if I say, Daily Blind is a very good passer, hmm. someone will just uh, come to me, but Jose Mourinho sold him. Clearly, he wasn't good. Hmm. How do I prove it to them without showing them 100 hours of uh, Daily blend footage yeah. that he's a good passer? Exactly. And that was my thinking behind data visualization. that You have a point. How do you put it across in a way that everyone understands it? Right. That's how. That is where I usually start with these things. Some what thought I have in mind. What I want to put it out there.
1: Fair. I just start with that. Yeah. So and how do you make those suggestions? Like you mentioned Python as one of the tools that you picked up. Do you use some other tools like Tableau or do you use Excel? Do you use these kind of features as well? That. To produce fancy visualizations.
2: So, uh, broadly speaking, most of the pass maps and uh, carry maps, uh, short locations, they are done in Python. All the scatter plots, I and line plots, I do it either in Tableau or in Excel. Right. And I use PowerPoint to just put it all together
1: on one page. Nice.
2: Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Three
2: weeks, three weeks, three weeks, three
1: weeks, yeah. Yeah. So you use a combination of everything and kind of put everything back in a one PowerPoint presentation slide. That's interesting. Yeah. Is something. Uh. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, also, um, what, Amos, before before yeah. we
0: you know uh, you know continue, I, I think Anurag you mentioned something called a tableau if I'm not wrong. So so I've never heard of it. Can you just you know elaborate a little bit on what it actually does? Mm.
2: So tableau. Is actually used uh, a lot for business analysis and data analysis. It is a way to make visualizations without coding. So it has okay. automated everything for you. You okay. just feed in data, and it'll just throw out or uh, throw out a scatter plot, throw out a line plot, bar graphs, okay. histograms, stuff like that.
0: Okay. And so the input data, it's you don't need to code, right? Like you just mentioned, or I okay so it's for someone like me who's from a commerce background and i have no idea what coding is i can use that if i want to produce maybe some level of basic uh, visualizations
2: yeah yeah 100% it's very user friendly it's pretty easy
0: okay. to use okay and obviously you must be needing some form of customized uh, uh, visualization so for that uh, do you have to you know uh, use t- uh, tableau in a different way or you use Tableau for a specific purpose and then move on to something else, which helps you justify your purpose. I mean, uh, to, to, re- to rephrase it, uh, do you ever face limitations with Tableau since there is no need to code? And I believe that coding itself will enable you to have a more customized output, so do yeah. you, f- do you see limitations in Tableau, which makes you switch to some other, uh, program?
2: Yeah, 100% that is why I only use Tableau for scatter plots maybe where i'm comparing uh, broadly comparing only through numbers so yeah i think this is the best way to put it when i'm doing working only with numbers purely with numbers and those are want uh, those are what i want to highlight i'll use tableau okay. but something like a passing plot or a defensive uh, heat map
1: right, that right. is where
2: i use python because there it's not just numbers i have to convert numbers into a more visual thing and it's not comparison based more so yeah Okay. That
0: no. is what okay. I to. Button. Got you. Got you. Got you. Yes, amod back to you.
1: Right. Yeah. So I believe you have a presentation for us. So if you, you can just quickly share and talk us more, and people can see what great work you put out.
0: I'm glad that any form of techie, fancy data visualization or uh, machine model, whatever thing we have, the the participant and the guest is always more eager to share its screen. So I'm very yeah. happy with that. <laughs> Yes, Anurag, take it away.
2: So I hope it's visible.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, it is.
2: Yeah. So anyone who thinks that I got good immediately uh, when I started, this is what my first visualizations were like. They are not aesthetically good looking. They are not very, you know, pleasing to look at not very informative i'll say because uh, from the experience i've gained now i know what is missing in all this but yeah this is how i started it was just playing around with basic uh, libraries and just trying to learn what i'm doing how to do this how to get better at it i always thought that i'll just start and then just make and i'll just post it hmm. the aesthetics can come later
0: yeah
1: that's a good but way to start have, i guess yeah
0: and yeah, I, I think yeah. it's, it's relatable for me also. Like if you listen back to the first podcast that I ever published, uh, it was with two mm-hmm. of my friends, I was absolutely dreadful and I'm, and I'm by no means uh, an expert right now, but I would like to say that there has been a bit of improvement episode after episode, so I can completely concur with what you're saying. So, yeah, at, as long as yeah, you're yeah. consistent and you put things out, that is what matters
1: initially.
2: Yeah, for sure. It You need time to slowly improve. And right, you right, start right. figuring out little by little. There's no one moment where you go from a poor performer yeah. to a good performer, right? right?
0: Right, right, right. It's
2: like evolution. There are so many small, small steps, it's hard to point pinpoint that one day where you precisely, transform.
0: Precisely. True. And like you know, as they say, Rome was not built in a day. So it, it does take time. Exactly. And there's a yeah. lot of effort behind it. Right Yeah. Coming back to your, your your presentation. Go ahead, go ahead.
2: Yes. So this is uh, when I got slightly better. I started experimenting with more things a basic pass plot and a basic pizza chart. It's called, hmm. um, and this is what I've done more recently. So, now as I said, as time has gone by, I've started um, narrowing down what is required when. So, for right. example, uh, if you see this, this is a viz about Tammy Abraham, he's a striker.
1: Yeah, right, right. Do
2: you want to see his pass plot? No, it,
1: right. I right. mean,
2: unless you're specifically talking about his passing attributes, it's not really needed, right? What's yeah. more important is things that highlight him and his qualities. So, that is where this comes in, right? Right, again, right. a chart a progressive pass reception zone heat map, which basically just shows when he's receiving progressive passes. Uh, so basically, a progressive pass is a pass that Breaks opposition lines, right? Mm, So whenever you see, for example, uh, Antonio Rudiger just playing a defense splitting or not even a defense splitting, a midfield splitting pass straight into the feet of um, Romelu Lukaku. That is what you call a progressive pass. And these are the ones where Ami Abraham most frequently receives these passes. And then the short map, a classic thing just to know where he shoots from, his shooting location. So, this is for a striker. If you watch uh, Ruben Neves' short map, most of the things will be concentrated outside that box. Right,
0: right, right. So,
2: this is probably what I've learned. What to use, when to use. Okay. Again, this is what I made for Declan Rice. So, now you don't want to see where Declan Rice shoots from. Yeah. Right? He's a defensive midfielder. And this is basically, uh, I tried to figure out what are his most um, common tendencies with the mm. ball. So right. when he passes, where does he pass? What are the zones which he looks forward to the most? So if you watched any amount uh, of his time, as I did before making this, you'll realize that they are a very um, Liverpool-like team, not in a quality way, but in a tendency way, where mm. most of their build-up and most of their progression, they try to funnel through their fullbacks. Aaron Creswell right. and uh, Sufal, or I think Ben Johnson is the other right back. Right. right and that right. is what you can see here, right? The green exactly. one, which is his most common uh, cluster of passes, that points to the left. And right. the second passing cluster points to the right. It's right, not right. back backward passes, it's not forward passes.
0: Right, right. right so this
2: yeah. is the type of context I want to add. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just about making beautiful graphs or something. You need to tell a story. You need yeah. to convey a point.
0: Right. True. Right. Right. Uh, Anura, can you just, uh, you know, that cluster is basically just to highlight an area, right? It's not uh, anything apart from like, like.
2: So, this is a uh, K means cluster. Yeah, that's what okay. I was
1: going to ask. So, what was what clustering technique do you use? So, this is clearly K means here.
2: Yeah. So, if you. Have any idea about machine learning? Um, you know that K-means clustering is a. Um, I forgot what it's called. I think it's called something like uh, when you work with non-labeled data. Yeah, unsupervised right?
1: learning. Yeah, unsupervised learning.
2: Correct, correct.
1: So just to tell you quickly what it is. So essentially, you just have a bunch of points, and so let's say you have this point here, a left, right half, and a left half. So, and there is this one point which you want to know where it is. So, if it is on the left or if it is on the right. So, essentially, we just find the centroid, like the center of the cluster for the left part, and the center of the cluster for the right part, and you just check where which one is it closer to, and you associate that to that cluster. Yeah. Okay. Correct. To put it Correct. very simple.
0: Yeah. yeah. Op- obviously, and I take your guys' uh, word for it <laughs> because I am, like, I'm, I'm, I'm just you know picking up on hand gestures and words here, so i'll just take your word for it guys yeah <laughs>
2: yeah so the main intention here is to not have any bias from our side mm. and let the uh, system or the model decide how to uh, cluster all these passes right. because you know if i start doing it on my own mm. i'll probably do it differently okay so that was the basic idea to have as unbiased and opinion as possible just let the model do the heavy lifting
0: okay okay awesome. yeah. a good way to put yeah. it yep yep
2: so this is what my latest work is like so okay this i did it in python because this gotcha. is not possible in tableau gotcha. this requires programming coding this is what i did in python this is this caterpillar this i did in tableau hmm. So my intention here was, um, so United are always linked to players um, and now they want a striker. So I wanted to make a plot that will help people understand the basic tendencies of a striker. Now, my intention was how do I convey the most relevant information with as little statistics as possible. So, a basic X versus Y graph where I took shots per 90 and non penalty XG per 90. Right. So, it's basically how many shots the player is taking.
0: Which are not penalty and what shots.
2: Yeah, what is the quality of shots he's taking? That is okay. what I wanted to compare. Okay. And then I had a very basic scatter plot. Then I wanted to check okay, now I have a very basic framework of. His shooting tendencies, what about his playmaking tendencies? So Hmm. then I added to it how many passes he's making into the penalty area, right? And what is the expected assists he's generating? And that is what this basically is. So now if you look towards the center, right, you'll see two very prominent names pop up. Gabriel Jesus, Phil Foden. Right, right. System right, where ball progression and ball uh, chance creation to very mm. important things, right?
0: Right, yeah. and that
2: is where they pop up. They may not be taking as many shots per ninety, mm. they may not, may not be generating the most amount of xG per ninety, but yeah. while very right. good at is creating for others and taking True. chances as well.
1: That's why they are color coded in red, essentially.
2: Red, yeah. yeah. So yeah. as you go from blue to red. Uh the player starts making more passes into the penalty area. Yeah. If you took at uh, take a look at the top right, Kylian Mbappe, Erling Haaland. Yep, stand right. out. Now, if, if I tell you they are both very good strikers and they are both hmm. very good finishers, I'll assume you already know that. Right. But yeah. how do I convey to you that Kylian Mbappe is probably the better playmaker of the
0: two? Hmm. Right, right.
2: So now you can see. That okay, Kylian Mbappe is completing, he's making more passes into the penalty area. Yeah,
1: right, right, right. right.
2: But, but the size of those points are almost the same.
0: Hmm. Right.
2: So, what is the difference now? You should realize Kylian Mbappe does not play as a striker for PSG, he plays as a winger. That is why he's making more passes into the penalty area. Right. Erling Haaland plays as a pure number nine. That is why he may not be making a lot of passes, but he's still generating a healthy amount of expected assists, which means that he still has some playmaking ability. Yep. Right? Right. Again, a similar thing with Diogo Jota. Not the most uh, heavy amount of passes, but still creating chances. Still, uh, you know, helping the likes of Salah and Mm. now Luis Diaz, which is crazy.
0: Precisely, precisely, yeah. Precisely. yeah. Uh, so this un... is the intention, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, this is the intention with these things. I just don't want to show people that Mbappé and Haaland are the best strikers.
1: Mm, I right. want to
2: give a better picture, and I, uh, at the same time, I don't want to overload you know with statistics, just putting random numbers,
0: right? Random numbers and random names as well, right? Like, you would not fact, want yeah. to put in like i'm i'm just going through the list there are a lot of players which i don't know a few players whose name i'm aware of a few who i've who i've seen maybe in champions league maybe in some of the leagues in which they play mm-hmm. uh, i just wanted to ask you now uh, in such a type of statistic uh, sorry in such a type of visualization i i mean is there any way for you to probably plot a metric or a statistic which highlights the difficulty of the league if there is uh, any such stat available. I mean, because mm-hmm. clearly uh, Kylian Mbappe playing against uh, an 18th uh, tier, uh, 18th placed French team versus uh, uh, Erling Haaland playing against a 14th or a 15th place or even an 8th placed uh, uh, team, there would be differences, right? Or the other way around, yes. if Mbappe is playing against an 8th or 9th uh, placed team in the French league. That could be equivalent to Erling Hadan playing against the 14th or 15th place team. So uh, simply because yeah. Bundesliga is levels above PSG at the uh, sorry above Liga at the moment. So is there any way for you to uh, incorporate such a kind of metric in these uh, in these visualizations? If you have ever tried to do that,
2: I've uh, certainly thought about it, but there is no specific metric
0: mm.
2: because. Uh, so firstly, these stats are provided by StatsBomb on a website right. known as FBF. Right. And what most of these uh, stats are based on is something called event data. So event data is just a big list of everything that's happening in a match, but centric to the ball.
0: Okay. okay. So
2: whatever is happening with the ball, that is what they note down, basically. Yep. So passes, okay. shots, stuff okay. like that. And that is where majority of the data here comes in
0: and that okay.
2: a league difficulty is not something you can you know you can uh,
0: you can't quantify it
2: yeah you you can't capture that in numbers i
0: Precisely.
2: think uh, i don't remember who but there is someone on twitter who had who has written a very good article on yeah. how basically different leagues translate to the premier league i think mm. it was premier League focused and there you realize someone something like the portuguese league is probably yeah. a better place to find talent than the Bundesliga. Mm, so you okay. see, Timo Werner has struggled, right,
0: Kai Havertz right.
2: has struggled, Jaden right. Sancho has struggled. Right, so, right. Again, there are different reasons to it. And I think that article went into... Uh, they tried to put it into numbers. Okay. Which was very good. Okay, I, if okay. I find it... Yeah, I'll yeah please, do. You know,
0: please do. Please we'll, do. We'll happily add that to the description as well. So even yeah. I would love to read it because that, that is like what the media always says, like, right. A player mm. can be good in a different league, but when he comes to the premier league, first of all, premier league is the unspoken benchmark of, uh, you know, the pooling, the best talent in Europe and are across the world. Then you have the narrative that, uh, Spanish leagues and, uh, you know, uh, the, these French and Portuguese, Italian leagues, they are probably a tier below or probably two tiers below. What is the quality of, uh, of, of the premier league. And, uh, you know, you you always uh, get swayed by these comments, but like you said, it would have been so much more easier if we would be able to, you know, portray that in numbers and quantify it in one way or another, right?
1: That's actually yeah. the million-dollar question. So, once someone, somebody comes out with this statistic and presents right. it to the scouts of the club, I think a lot of these tasks become easier because then, as you said, like the attempt to map Portuguese league to the Premier League. So, if we have a number to kind of visualize instead of just saying arbitrarily the the premier league is the best league right right yeah once we that's the million dollar question that's what everybody i mean most of the top level data scientists are trying to solve right now right yeah, right yeah.
2: and there's a lot of variance to it for example i mentioned you three names who have come from the bundesliga and struggled and if you tell that to someone they'll very immediately agree but in such cases we don't speak about kevin de bruyne who came uh, from also. Bundesliga and has just ripped apart the Premier League, right? Precisely. So, there is a lot of variance, something it like is, this is yeah. difficult
0: to capture It is
1: in definitely difficult to like, and yeah, it. And
0: given it. the sheer, like, you have such a vast population, like, we mm. only speak about, you know, now we spoke about all the players you spoke about play in the top three, top four uh, uh, clubs of the English Premier League. There would be so many uh, transfers within the, the, the other, like from Bundesliga to French league, from French league to Portuguese league, which we would not be aware of simply because there is such an insane amount of data to work upon. It's probably, you know, I- impossible. And you just feel like, you know, 24 hours or less to process all of that. So mm-hmm. I can, you know, completely understand this, like it's, it's very difficult to establish a. A, a straight like something which is the general rule of the land, simply because you have, uh, you know, eye-grabbing exceptions in the form of Kevin De Bruyne, like you mentioned.
2: Yeah, there are more. Um, I'll just mention one name, and then maybe we can move ahead if we need to. But Brighton's Pascal Gross. Hmm. So everyone has is now familiar with how good Brighton are with the recruitment. I'm pretty sure they even got him from the Bundesliga. And now as he has aged out, he has declined, but when he joined, he was one of the best players in the Premier League. One of the best midfielders when they got him. I mean, relative to what he is and what were the expectations.
0: Right, right, right. And I think uh, another player uh, who used, not from the Bundesliga, but I think he was signed from the Spanish league uh, for Brighton, Cucurella, I think he played for Barcelona B, if I'm not wrong. And uh, he was po- picked up from by Brighton and no, no, nobody had heard of him. But then if you put in stats, like how players from La Liga, when they come to you, the English Premier League, they don't play so well. And then yeah. when you put a, a, someone like Kukurella in that but this discussion, then it's mm-hmm. always like it, it does not, it disproves whatever you were trying to prove in the first place, if I'm not wrong. Right.
2: Yeah. Correct.
0: yeah. Right, right. right. Yes. So next, Nick, next part of your, your presentation.
2: Yeah. So, apart from visual, so visualizations is just uh, when I want to tell something in a very brief manner, but when I want to, you know, do a deep dive, Mm, that is where I'll usually write. I'll do a proper article on my blog. Right. For example, the picture I have here is the one I did about Ruben Neves. So, a lot of people were calling for Man United to sign him Mm, as a defensive midfielder and especially as the single pivot player in the 4-3-3 and what I looked uh, to again analyze here is, is he really that player? Can he actually do it? And the answer I came to is, maybe not. Uh, And would you like to take a risk? If you have infinite money, sure, but that is not how it works. So, maybe not the best option. So, you know, I try to address questions like that. Um, so, yesterday I released a new article where I looked at if Eric Ten Hag were to join Manchester United, would getting Urian Timber be the mm. best idea? Because a lot of fans are calling for uh, urian uh, Timber and the more absurd part is a lot of them think that, uh, okay, let's play him at right back and he can play the inverted right back role because now hmm. that's the new hipster trend right yeah you hear these terms and you watch cancelo and Trent Alexander do and doing and like oh sure even we want this yeah and <laughs> you're like yeah yeah let's play union at inverted right back and I spoke to a few of them on Twitter and and I asked them what are your expectations hmm. and the thing they want him to do the thing they ended up describing relates more to a Right sided center back in a back three. So, for example, what a Christian is a doing. Right, is. right, right, right. That oh. is what they imagine him doing. But that's <laughs> not what an inverted yeah. right back does. Right, yeah.
0: right. Even so I think Reese James is, a... is not an inverted right back because I don't see yeah, him exactly. being given the freedom that uh, Cancelo or Alexander Arnold is given for their respective clubs, right?
2: Yeah. And I think Reese James' strengths, his running, and his ball carrying is good enough to. Not limit him. I yeah. won't say not limit him. Not optimize him. He's not being optimized if you play him at as a inverted mm. right back. At least right. not for now. Not in this current Chelsea system because you already have yeah. Ngolo Kanté and Mateo Kovacic. What else do you want in your midfield? You want yeah. someone who will hold the whole width
1: because
2: right. you don't have that right finger. ZH this is not that guy.
0: He's not. Havertz.
2: These are not the guys. So. It's all about player optimization, you know. It's not just about buying players and just putting them into the team. It's not a puzzle piece. Yeah, True. You need to optimize these players' strengths.
0: Right. So right.
2: Things like that, things which I can't do in a Twitter thread because the character yeah. limit doesn't allow me to. I'll Fair. put them in the block. Right.
1: Uh, how, so, how do you look at these players? Like, I saw you did one about Tammy Abraham, one about Neves. So, do you look at uh, transfer targets that are linked to United and research about them and write a piece on them? Or is it uh, like arbitrary? You just pick some player?
2: That's how it has been recently hmm. because of all these transfer rumours and stuff like that. But in the past, I've done some pretty random articles. When I started out, I did a right uh, article where I was trying to see what striker can Brighton buy. I think it was for the right. beginning of the season or something like that I did it. And when um, Nuno was signed for Tottenham, and they were looking for a centre back, I think I did that before they signed Christian Romero from Atalanta, right. and I basically took all these stats, and again I did uh, I applied a clustering method, and I, I titled it using machine learning hmm. to find a, uh, to find an alternative for Jules Kunde because I think they wanted Jules Kunde, but he seemed to be going to Chelsea, right. so I was like, okay, which player resembles him the most? From hmm. the stats I have available, right. And I think the few names I came up with is uh, Maxence Lacroix from uh, Wolfsburg,
1: hmm.
2: uh, Benoît Badoussile from Monaco, and I think there's another name that I'm forgetting. So yeah, stuff like that. It's not very United Central. I right. tend to write about some random things as well.
0: Right. Do, do Do you have uh, like this? Uh, you know, you you get into a spat or an argument with someone on Twitter. And then it's like, now I'm going to prove you so wrong. And then you decide, let's, let's just prove him wrong and make such a fantastic visualization and blog and then, and then maybe the the person with whom you've had a spat ends up airing you or not replying to you simply out of shame, but you have a fantastic article and a visualization in place just to prove a point. Has that ever been the case with you where you just to settle a score, you were like, I'm going to prove you so wrong right now. <laughs>
2: not really because i tend to move away from these uh, arguments because if i start doing that 99% yeah. of just arguments and comparisons and that it's is it's not, not
1: the most healthiest thing to do as well yeah. it isn't. It it's isn't.
2: not a place where i want to you know put my energy in
1: exactly i'd yeah. rather
2: do it with someone i don't care if they disagree with me hmm. i just want to have a healthy discussion with someone who's willing to listen and yes, I, I have I been proven wrong i've been wrong about a lot of things so I don't mind being wrong, but yeah, doing something to prove someone wrong is not really which is oh. are something that I look to do.
0: Right, right. Taking the right. high road and you know just moving yeah. on. I
2: think the people. closest I came to that is the Urian Timber article, because I just true. saw there was a uh, there was a ignorance on people's part, and there's this famous account on Twitter called United Arena, and he had done a poll basically a few weeks back where he asked. People were who, uh, who want Eric Ten Hag. How many matches of Ajax have you actually seen? Mm, right, right, right. An astounding majority said zero. Yeah. <laughs> no one has watched Ajax. Yeah, yeah. And just everyone just wants Eric Ten Hag. So it's stuff like that. After a point, you realize, okay, there's no point discussing with him because even he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's just mm. more, uh, you know stubbornness that he's clinging to his
0: point. Right, no, but you know, I will just like to, you know, point out and say that when you're uh, in a, in a ship, which has holes, you will grab onto anything which offers you some form of relief or support. Yeah. So I can understand uh, uh, the perspective that the United fans, especially the fans on Twitter would, would have. And to be very honest, when, you know, Thomas Tuchel took over uh, Chelsea, even I had not watched a lot of his massive matches for PSG or for Dortmund. I'd watched a few. Okay. More of those which were in the UCL, but other than that, I've not. I, I did not watch them simply because uh, uh, the 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 league which is marketed and presented to us the most in India is the Premier League. So you are yeah. naturally drawn towards it. You're naturally drawn towards yeah. whatever happens in that. And plus, you have the 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 uh, the game called the Fantasy Premier League, where you would want Sorry. to you watch more and more matches. And I don't see any yeah. other league. Whose matches, uh, whose game, uh, fantasy game has come up, up to such a level. True. So coming back, I've, I've not watched a lot of Thomas Tukel, but I've known enough to know that he's a good tactician. And then there was this element of faith and everything and whatever panned out last year. Yeah.
2: and You can't expect everyone to watch every game of every player you want to talk about, right? It says that there are some people who will so uh, viciously hang on to the point. Mm-hmm i think that's the problem they just hang on to it without having any support and you just realize okay this is not working yeah it's okay right. to say i've not watched him or i've only seen x games and this is what i um, concluded from that that's totally fine to say
0: right 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 but Admitting but that I don't but know that does not good. but that does not give you the numbers and the following on twitter yeah. right yeah
2: <laughs> i i this is my genuine belief that if you remove the like and uh, retweet feature Basically, you stop giving uh, attentions. But you can just tweet something, and that's it. I think all these people will just yeah. Down.
0: yeah yeah. I, for I guess, sure, I guess, for sure. I guess we'll we'll see Anurag uh, ferociously tweeting at Elon Musk, asking him <laughs> that the edit button can wait. Let's see if we can <laughs> implement this first, and then yeah. you can focus your attention on the edit button. For right, sure. Anurag. Yes, back to your whatever you have in store for us next.
2: Yeah so i this is the answer to your previous question yeah. how how do i make these visualizations it's python tableau excel powerpoint and mpl soccer is a python library yeah the, which has basically automized a lot of things for you mm. where you can just uh, use the data and it will you can use very simple code and they have all the code documented as well
1: yeah
2: so it's pretty much uh, copy paste to a certain point. And it'll and they have it you...
1: standardized across all formats yeah. for opta, yeah. for stats form, for all kinds yeah, of right. data providers. So it's really yeah. a good tool to use.
2: Yeah. So it'll just give you a very quick heat map, pass map, stuff like that. So this yeah. is what I mostly use. And this is the last slide. People who have inspired me. So I'll go with why these names exist. So as I mentioned in the beginning, football daily is where I uh, got introduced to statistics. If you are someone who's never been into this and you are scared of numbers, I think football daily is a good place to start. They'll introduce you to very basic numbers. They'll talk about things in a, an analytic way and in a very emotional way sometimes as well. So it's a good place to you know just dip your feet into water and just have a look around. Then after that, I kept following United Arena. And he is the person who I feel really, really taught me how to think about football. You know, it's not just scoring a goal. It's not just about making these flashy uh, passes or doing skills. Um, If you follow his account, you will actually learn how do you think about football? How do you Mm. think about what's happening? That is where I really got into analysis. Uh, Maram, if you followed uh, my work, if you just see my visualizations, you won't take five minutes to figure out, okay, this guy has really, really been inspired by Maram. She is the queen of visualizations. She has inspired so many people like me. And I have no shame in admitting that I have drawn a lot of inspiration from her work and the way she does it. Part she's now, now on
1: the athletic, right? She's signed with yeah, the athletic. She, now. She's now she's a I think really she's big,
2: a now. analyst at the athletic. Yeah. This is insane given how she shared that she's from a finance background. Yeah. She does no programming and yet um, she's achieved yeah. a brilliant feat. Then there's Friends of Tracking. You mentioned David Sumter. Yeah. And um, they have a very good YouTube channel. Again, a lot of. Things that you get to learn. It is education. It is um, not just entertainment. Exactly. You yeah. get educated about football, you get educated about analytics. And yeah, actually, the article which I did about using machine learning to find a center back alternative, that was after watching the uh after watching Madam's appearance on Friends of Tracking.
1: Hmm, I see.
2: And yeah. This one and Ninad is a person from whom I learned Tableau. So on his Twitter profile, I think he has it pinned. He has done, um, uh, I think, five or six tutorials on how to create scatter plots, how to do, uh, how to create a dashboard for players using Tableau. So that is why a big shout out to him. McKay is the person. He is. Uh, whenever someone asks me that, hey, I'm a beginner, where do I start? I say, go to McKay Johns. Yep. he go to his profile go to his youtube channel that is where you start so yeah these are the people there are a lot of people who i'd like to give a shout out to
1: yeah, there's a bunch of them
2: <laughs> yeah but these are the people you know uh, they are the founding members of my journey definitely yeah also
1: there is a discord channel uh which I believe you are a part of as well, Anurag, and so am yeah. I. Uh, we share a lot of this stuff, and there are different channels where you can talk about. There's a section called Python Help. There's a section called yes. Tableau Help. So, you know, people post their stuff as well to, for you know, the moderators, they kind of discuss where you can improve things, what changes you can do to your model or your visualization. So you can share the Discord. My- yeah. So we can yeah, share yeah. the discord chat as well, if people want to join and yeah.
0: yeah, So, you know, all or everything that Anurag is being mentioned, as mentioned, uh, his blog, his articles, all of these, uh, these accounts, you know, I'll be happy to add them uh, in the description of this episode and everyone who's watching this, please feel free to, you know, follow them.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do give a follow to the work these people are doing because they are the reason
0: I'm here, essentially. So
2: yeah, uh, sharing-wise, that's what I had.
0: Perfect. That was amazing. That was that was genuinely like you know fantastic. And I've 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 always had this curiosity, you know, as to how you guys do it. And uh, the 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 one niche in that is that you know, tableau is something which I feel there's. See, I don't like I I don't like, I don't like that the, the coding the that screen that black screen that comes and that font. I really don't like it from the bottom of my heart. Yeah. That is something which I, I, you know, stayed away from as much as possible, even in school. I think the equivalent was, you know, when we used to do that logo thing, I don't know if you guys had it or not, or, or HTML, some, some, you know, oh, and it. everything, all of that. Basically, <laughs> I did, I did not like it. Okay. So uh, tab- coming back to this discussion, you mentioned Tableau, and I think Tableau is something which, you know, uh, a person who does not know coding can, you know, uh, explore and you mentioned oh, Nina sure. is, a, is a Tableau expert, so to say, so, you know, maybe, hmm. maybe we can have another episode in the future where, you know, Nina also joins us and we can have another discussion on, on Tableau and everything that you can achieve using Tableau, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes. He's the, also, He's the
1: Yeah. Yeah. I believe uh, you've also featured your visualizations on five, Rio Ferdinand's channel and Stephen Hausen was there as well. Share us, yeah. talk to us more on that. So Celebrity that's in the house. Pretty- Yes. <laughs> uh,
2: that's a crazy story. So basically, um, when I realized, I think it was a few months ago where I realized just how terrible our right backs are and how good Maserawi is. I made a very basic progressive pass map uh, for Van Vysakha, Diogo Dolo and Maserawi. And I just put them on one sheet and I just tweeted it out. And then I realized Stephen Austin had released a video about uh, our right I think I'm. Um, I think he spoke mm. about Diogo or someone. It was a video related to right backs, and I just tagged him and I'm mm. like, uh, I, I was just like, hey, I saw your video. Maybe you'll find this interesting. Yeah. And I just tweeted it. I had no expectations from it, and then after a few days, he didn't reply to that tweet directly, but he just put out that, hey, I remember someone tagged me in a visualization about uh, Mazzarri. Hmm. But I've forgotten where, who it was. Can someone link it to me? And yeah. some, one of his followers linked my tweet and he saw that and he got in touch with me asking, um, can you do this for me? We are starting this new series and we'll be talking about XYZ players. So
0: can you do this for me?
2: And I was like, sure. Yeah, why yeah. not?
0: Why not? That's <laughs> yeah.
1: <good. laughs>
0: That, that that's actually so cool, you know, like not only do you, you like, but see every one of us, we are a football fans, You know, we always love when anyone talks about football, but then when someone who knows what they're talking about and when someone who is the prominent figure in football picks you mm-hmm. up and, you know, I'm very sure that, I mean, I don't know how involved Rio Ferdinand is with that channel uh, on a day-to-day basis, but I'm very sure that, you know, Probably he must have, you know, glanced at it and to have this feeling for you as a milestone that, you know, you started out, uh, you know, that, that guy in college who just learned a bit of Python and that guy who thought Fernando Torres was uh, Sergio Ramos was Fernando Torres to end up on one of the uh, best center backs uh, uh, of of England, of football on his YouTube channel. It must have been, a, you know, a great moment for you and a great milestone for you as well. Right? Different.
2: Yeah, it was unbelievable. I I remember my hands were trembling when I saw a DM from Steve, <laughs> and I just ran outside uh, and I told my parents, "See, see, see this happened." And they were like, "Who's this guy? What are you talking about?" <laughs> because they they knew I'm doing something yeah. related to football, but they weren't exactly sure what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, but. As uh, when it was released on YouTube, and then I showed it to them, then they were like, "Oh, okay, okay, okay."
0: But yeah, <laughs> It was a surreal experience. Nice man, nice, nice. And genuinely, like you know, you do you have plans to make your own YouTube channel for these 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 things?
2: Um, not right now. I have not thought about it. Not re- I'm not really a video person and that sort of a content creator. I'm more of trying to, you know, get into writing. Okay. So that okay, is where okay. my focus is right
0: now. Okay. 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 Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I'm, you, like you said, you did not imagine yourself ending up in this, uh, this, uh, you know, situation and this wonderful yeah. scenario where you are combining what, you know, with the love for a sport, which you, which is football, but uh, you know, do you have, I mean, what are your future plans related to this? Is this something you want to get into full time? Or is it something that you would like to keep as a hobby and nurture it, you know, uh, progressively, but in, you know, limited amounts and not make this something which your livelihood is dependent upon.
2: I think right now I'm somewhere in between. So I'm still, I will say I'm at a crucial juncture in my career when I'm doing something. And this is right now, it's still a hobby, but I have an eye on it. I hope i can someday get into it as a career i don't know how feasible it is or how to get there i'm right. i'm not figured that out yet but i hope right. to figure it out along the way.
0: right right right. and you know that that that's genuinely so so good i mean like you said like from where you started to where you are and uh you know like and similarly for like we are we talking a lot about anurag but this is also how amod got into it and how he ended up like he saw friends of tracking and that's how he got into it. And like, uh, to look back and think that, what if you watched something as the other day or. Uh, if Anurag did not watch that match of Fernando Torres, Sergio Ramos mix up, or if he did not learn Python, you know, you, you never know where you would yeah. have ended up if but you I didn't
2: take that uh, quiz, which right precisely, <laughs>
0: precisely. Oh, that, that, I mean, we always say these, these quizzes are absolutely useless, but like you, you can yeah. in, in your TED talk, when you will deliver one, you can always say that those who do, those who take these quizzes, don't ever think that they're useless, you can anything yeah. can come out of them, you know.
2: Absolutely. I was uh, such a big fan of Fernando Torres. I remember I Googled his address, earning on the Oh, the embarrassing part is yet to come. So I Googled Oh, oh it there's more. It was, there's more. Yeah. This, there was something, something Kings wrote something, Fulham. And I checked, is Fulham in or around London? And I remember, yes. I wrote him a letter and I sent him. Oh, it. really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it never reached it to him because it
0: was just a random address on Google. But I did that. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, ikhtarfa huh? This is a this is a, this is the most the, the most football uh, uh, variant of iktarfa pair. Yeah uh, people hang posters, people have uh, you know memories and you know card uh, newspaper cutouts. And here Anurag is sending letters to some random Google address, hoping for an yeah. will read them. Yeah, but but I mean, like you know, like brilliant, brilliant. Like whatever you are, uh, I mean, wherever you have come from, and whatever you have achieved, and whatever you're going to achieve, that's you know absolutely brilliant. Just a, a quick word of advice, like as we are heading towards the closure of uh, today's episode, uh, for anyone who wants to get into this. Like I, I I'll ask this question to Amod as well, you know, uh, wh- what, where would you ask, uh, tell them to start? Like, um, like a person like me, now I have, I have, I have had a, you know, background in commerce and finance and accounting, but uh, I've never done what you guys are doing. So if I would want to start, and if I want to get into this, even if it's a hobby or if it's as a full-time thing, where do I start? Anurag first you, then, you know, Amod can take, give his perspective also.
2: Yeah. So I think I've shared enough on, uh, the actual visualization part. I right. think my advice will be how to actually get into this work or, you know, creating this sort of content. And my biggest advice would be just post it. Don't think if it's pretty enough, don't think it's, if this is the best visualization that out that's out there because there always be someone better, just post it. Don't wait. Don't second guess yourself. It doesn't matter how terrible you think it is. Just post it. Make that a habit. You know, just putting it out there. As I showed I showed you those visualizations which I made, I call them my early visualizations. That were the earliest visualizations I could find. Oh. <laughs> it's not, they are not my first visualizations. My first visualizations will be even worse. Mm. So, you know, just start posting it. Don't you know, just keep it. If you keep it, nothing's going to happen.
0: Right. And
2: as you start posting, you'll start figuring things out. That can come later. That right. will be my biggest difference.
0: Right, right.
2: right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know I get totally true on that because even I have my own blog and I'm not as active as you are maybe on posting on Twitter or on my blog. Uh, but yeah, I did do try to find something and post it there. Like on occasion, I built some tool and I just posted on you, uh, Twitter or LinkedIn or somewhere. And, you know, it does get attraction. Like I have uh, some people from some clubs, they talk to me, like, how did you build this? And so it was a great time. And definitely like some people will look at it, someone will share it, retweet it, and maybe it can reach, uh, you know, the target that you are trying to achieve. Like, don't think about that, but definitely just post it out there. Like, spread it out. Maybe it can, maybe it will not. Don't worry about the result, but just start working yeah I'm... i think
2: you touched upon a very good point there sorry just to cut you off yeah yeah don't no, post it with the expectation that yeah. someone a big account is going to retweet it or it's yep,
1: he's going exactly. to be posted because you want to put it exactly up. exactly right right right
0: yeah i i mean like you guys are you know telling that you know clubs and all are getting picked up and will pick up your articles youtube channel will pick up your articles now uh, to to draw a parallel to what i am doing now this podcast and all i'm what uh, this is Uh, by the way, I think this is our 10th episode. So we've hit a double digit on on uh, episodes on this podcast. So that that is something which I never thought would happen just a random thing that hit my head. Uh, Coming back to this, like, I I look at this podcast, or you know, you guys would also look at whatever things you post out as your uh, personal diary, which you're willing to show the world what you what you are uh, thinking what you're saying, And like, the, the parallel here is like you would not want if you post with the expectation of a big you know, a big account retweeting it then it probably will not be that successful and you'd end up disappointed and similarly the the episode that i'm making and the people i'm getting and the conversations i'm having it's never with the intention to you know get thousand subscribers within a within a short span or a, or you know yep. a million views on so and so episode i do joke about it that you know i would like a thousand view episode or whatever but uh, that's never the aim getting into this. So that, the point you mentioned about posting just because you want to post and creating just because you want to create. It's it's absolutely, you know, you've, you've hit the nail on the head and you've uh, given out a solid, solid piece of advice. Uh, right. So Anurag, any others in the, you know, we, we've spoken a bit about football also. Uh, we've spoken a lot about football. Do you follow any other sports where you have such form of visualizations or right now football is, uh, you know, the only thing you focus on?
2: I think uh, right now it's just football. I'm not very into other sports. I try to catch a few things here and there. I watched uh, the last uh, race of Formula 1, the last race of last season. Right, right. And just kept on hearing that, okay, don't expect every race to be like this. <laughs>
0: and, uh, <laughs> I mean, people who have watched Formula 1 for 70 years or 75, or however long that sport is. I, I don't even think they have. They will expect such a race to happen uh, uh, any time. Like so much drama in a, in a single race. Like, I, I mean, I remember I watched it with a couple of my friends, and uh, we were we were not wanting Mercedes to win. So we were so dejected at so, uh, like for a long period of time. We were so dejected. We're like nothing's gonna happen. It, uh, we just came for no reason, and just you know that that madness happened at the last few laps, and then you know. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think F1 visualizations would be so much complex and so much more harder than uh, football visualizations, right? Because
1: there's... there's... I just realized uh, there is uh, one Twitter account. I think it's Aditya, uh, the on man. That's his Twitter account. He was doing football visualizations. I think he's switching over to F1 visualizations. Oh, is it? If I'm not wrong. If
0: I'm not wrong. Is it? Is it? I think I have to I have to follow. I have to check that account. Like, yeah. F1 is a sport. Like you know, it has so many complexities. It, it's probably yeah, yeah. I I think I read somewhere it's the most complex uh, sport, or the most complex motorsport of some sort in the world or whatever. Like I know, yeah. but uh, you're not a cricket fan, Anurag, by any means.
2: I was, uh, of course, like every other kid in India. I was a cricket fan. I was a Sachin Tendulkar fan. What really dragged me away from it and apologies to any fans but it was ipl Ooh. and after tw- after the 2011 world cup i think that's the last concrete memory i have of cricket and just as ipl got better and not better it got bigger and bigger right. i just felt that mm, i'm not really that into this I you see. know yeah, just yeah yeah so much commercialization Precisely. And that is what Slowly pulled me out of it, right? Right, I still so, follow India when yeah, India
0: plays
2: yeah. in a world cup, but not cricket,
0: hmm. right? Right, right. So, follow up question to that would you be dragged away from football if the European Super League happens?
2: I think at this point, I'm just too invested in it, <laughs> 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 yeah, but it's. <laughs> it's, uh, it's i've gotten a little too attached, right. i've gotten a little too invested right but you know there'll be a dent there'll certainly be a right. dent especially right. the way they were planning to do it without really, without yeah
0: yeah, made... yeah yeah it it was like a you know a secret meeting and a, yeah. like you know the, the, the when, when the teacher is teaching in the class and you plan something on the last bench it was something on those lines so I can mm. uh, like yeah. <laughs> it it was not a good uh, good period, and yeah. I I also read that the Super League is still being you know discussed somewhere, and now the Champions League things is going to change from next season. They are going to put two positions for historically uh, you know some 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 historical yeah. element. So that's yeah. how United is going to come back in the Champions League given. See, it, it, it's 4D chess by Ragnik. He does not want to qualify with the <laughs> with the normal way of coming in the top four. He wants that first club to be <laughs> in the Champions League with uh, historical recognition. That's how you know, he the, wants to be there. Uh,
1: like, I don't want to deviate too much from what Anurag, this was about Anurag. But, you know, if we do end up in the Conference League and if we end up winning it, our Twitter account is definitely going to post that we are the first club to ever win every <laughs> set of European
2: trophies. We are going to market the absolute.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. 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 I mean, the way you guys market uh, a loss is something you know. That Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea account should take. I mean the. Like, I, there's this meme, right? Uh, Rashford tweets after every loss, Elanga get Like, there was that meme, right? When Elanga did not play well, get that head of yours up or something. Yeah. I think
2: that, it was after the Middlesbrough loss. Right? Yeah, 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 he yeah,
0: lost, yeah. He missed
1: the penalty. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. El- Anthony Elanga, get that head of yours up immediately. <laughs> That's how the meme steamrolled into yeah. every, every odd United match. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, it's it's a turmoil for your, you guys. And it, it, it genuinely feels bad because there's been no trophy since eight years, right? If I'm not wrong. I
1: think five years.
2: Five, years oh, you, no, sorry,
0: right. sorry, 2017, 2017. Right, right, right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy to see that, you know, Jose Mourinho's bold prediction that United finishing uh, second, right? And uh, Europe, winning the Europa League would be his biggest achievement for a very long period of time. But uh, do you think, now we'll just, you know, uh, end it on a United note and just say, uh, I mean, give us your thoughts on Eric Ten Hag. And, you know, I call him Ethereum because that that's his initials, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so easy to remember Ethereum. But yeah, well, what are your thoughts on Ten Hag and how do you think it will pan out? And, give, and uh, you know, Ten Hag with, uh, with Ralph Ragnick in probably the DOF role. How would you see that combination panning out? Anurag and then
2: so, short term, it won't be great. Um, it all depends on how much power the club is willing to give him. And those are the reports coming out, which I'm very encouraged to see. That he's already demanding that I'm only going to sign with you guys if you allow me, if if you give me the power to for me to get rid of who I want to decide contracts, incomings, outgoings, everything. And I, I'm really... That is where I feel, yeah, this is the right guy. And what I would say is, um, we were looking at two managers, Eric Hag and Pochettino. And what I've seen is our squad, the profile of players we have, much more suited to Pochettino than Eric Hag. Okay. Everything that's okay. good about that Ajax side, none of it we have at Man United. None of it. Not the goalkeeper, not the centre-back, uh, maybe the centre-backs, not, certainly not the full-backs, not the defensive midfielder, Not the midfielder, not maybe Sancho, not or it's not the wingers, not the striker. So it's going to take a long time to overhaul this squad. We need to give him the power, the time, the patience. The word I used yesterday was let's have a you know optimistic patience or let's be patiently optimistic. Ah, okay, it's going to take time. But let's not overreact. United fan, the United fan base on Twitter is one of the worst fan bases. 100%.
1: 100%. So
2: reactionary. reactionary. Every loss is death and every win is a Champions League. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So There are just too
2: many asterisks, too many terms and conditions. But what I've seen so far, whatever reports are coming out, positive news. Positive news.
1: Yeah, so I think I'm still a bit skeptic. Uh, not because I don't trust in him actually turning it around, but I don't, I still don't trust our uh, management and our board to actually pull through. Whether they would back him or not is a question. Like they can say right now we are going to back him, but saying uh, action speaks louder louder than words. Uh, do they really do that? Would be something to see. And if they back him properly, give him the players that he wants. Sure, uh I think he could be a good fit for United. Right. But it's going to take a long time. It's not going to be next season Premier League Champions League, whatever. Right. Yeah, it's I think still right. going to take a long
2: time. I think he said it already that it's going to be a five-year project and that is the time I need.
1: Yeah.
0: Right, right, right. And uh, you know, as a Chelsea fan, I've never had this uh, this, you know, longevity a commitment with any manager because one more a string of bad results and tata bye bye good night goodbye <laughs> so i can i, I don't understand I, I can't relate to what you guys feel about you know long term managers and you've clearly had the longest some some long reigns after sir alex perguson with Moes for a couple of seasons with Mourinho with van hal with even ole under under ole so you had a lot of uh, you know long term managers I think the, the the shortest tenures were Ryan Giggs and Michael Carrick for like a few matches, a couple Those of matches. Those were just caretaker matches, right? I think oh. Moise
1: was the shortest. He was uh, sacked within one season. Yeah, he, yeah, he was yeah. Sacked within the same season.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, it's something which you know I would I can't relate, but you know I'm I'm I just you know uh, it it if, even if it is you know um, I I don't if, like I like the memes and I like the jokes which happen about United not you know performing, but they are uh, you know historic english royalty and it, it's a shame to see the way they are playing right now and uh, for a healthy competition uh, it's always you know good to see another team in the mix and given that we have a team of newcastle which is pumped with an infinite amount of money the top 6 could be threatened and if united don't get back their groove very very quickly we could see a, a team like newcastle uh, usurping them and joining the big 6 the way City joined them probably you know, ten years back. If I'm not wrong, ten or eleven years back. So yeah, right. So with that, guys, uh, I think we have reached t- towards the end of today's episode. Anurag Amode, any last thoughts? Anything you'd like to add to this episode?
2: I just like to say thanks for inviting me. This was really good, good conversation, and I hope that some of the people who are looking for resources how to get in what to do i hope it helped them yeah yeah,
0: yeah absolutely and i your any last thoughts from your end uh,
1: yeah thank you rohan for allowing me to co-host this uh, it was my first experience. i don't know if i did well or not and also thank you anurag for spending your time with us it was absolutely fantastic your work and everything that you showed us i think definitely some one will pick from it and you know, start building visualizations of their own.
0: Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, thank you, Anurag, you know, for, for joining. And thank you, first of all, Amod, because uh, I had never heard of Anurag before Amod introduced me to him. And I checked his profile out, or checked some of his work out. And, you know, it was an instant yes from me to have him on on the podcast. And, uh, you know, I was happy to take a back seat and let Amod direct the, uh, the conversation with the technical stuff so yeah thank you Amo, thank you Anurag, you know guys uh, all of their links would be in the description and uh, you know it's always uh, funny that uh, most of my episodes have started with a twitter dm so it turns out to be the the uh, in, in terms of in football lingo it it's it's a twitter dm has the biggest pull than any yeah. other uh, any other uh, medium <laughs> so i'm glad that it work- it is working and it will hopefully keep on working and, uh, yeah, so like I said, like I said, all of the description, all of the links of Amo than anurag and all the links that he mentioned about his article, about uh, his visualization, maybe even the video where he was featured, and all the other accounts, all of them will be in the description. right? It will be a very big description this time, given the number of accounts and links that we have to add. Thank you so much for watching if you have stayed till here and you know, any form of feedback, any form of uh, you know, a suggestion, a like a comment, anything is always welcome. We are always open to more and more feedback. Uh, right, so with that, uh, we have reached the conclusion of today's episode. Uh, thank you so much. I'll catch you all in the next episode. Stay safe. And uh, if and even if ro- local regulations uh, have uh, eased and you are not allowed and you are okay, you are allowed to not wear a mask. I'd still be. I'll still say mask up and stay safe. Thank you so much, guys. Catch you all in the next one. Bye, bye. Bye,
2: guys.
1: Bye, guys.